So, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. I just pray, God, everything I speak is as the oracles of God, the utterance of what you're saying to the church. So, Lord, give us hearing ears right now to hear what you have to say in Jesus' name. I want to give you a testimony I heard last night or the night before. How many know uh, a few weeks ago there was a word of knowledge about a heart condition? It was a physical heart condition, and there was a sister in the Lord that um, didn't want to raise her hand, which is understandable, and she just knew it was her, but it wasn't her. It was actually the baby in her womb. The doctor said this baby is going to have heart problems, and they did ultrasounds and a lot of tests, and, and as far as I know, they, they said that the baby was going to have a lot of heart wounds. So there's a word of knowledge, and we began, we laid hands on, on this lady, um, this precious sister in the Lord, and I just heard uh, when she went back to the doctor, and they said, your baby's heart is fine, and there's nothing wrong with your baby's heart. Hallelujah. Come on. Bless the Lord for that right there. Another testimony, and, and I don't know if you're aware of this. I did get a few texts. But how many were here last week? Okay. Well, first and second service, we sang Let It Rain, and we haven't done that song in a while, but it was such an awesome time, and we began to pray and prophesy the storm clouds of heaven. And we, it wasn't just a song. It was we were literally prophesying the storm clouds of heaven. Well, how many know that the forecast didn't say rain on Sunday, but we had a little storm in a desert? Doesn't the Bible say I'll do a new thing and you'll know it? He says I'll make rivers spring forth in the desert. I'm going to tell you something. That even the, the, what do they call a weather person? meteorologists were saying, we don't know where this came from. Come on, who knows where it came from? It's not a coincidence. So God answers our prayers, and we are in the midst of of just his goodness, and we need to declare his goodness. We need to testify of what he's doing. Amen? If you need healing in your body today, he's here. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, what, what we do is we stop preaching Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we begin to lie dormant and go away from what God intended originally. And God is here. He is present. He's ever-present. He's here. He's a help in the time of need. And some of you need healing. Some of you need physical healing. Some of you need breakthrough. And I believe God is going to give that to you today if you want it. Amen? I want to continue talking about uh, how God has sent us. A couple weeks ago, last week, we shared on the breaking the spirit of dishonor. How many enjoyed that pointed word? Amen. Um, I felt like I was really mean. I said, honey, was I mean? She's like, no, honey, you weren't mean. (laughs) She knows if I'm mean. And so um, that was an awesome word, I think, for, for the health of our body, for the health of our families. If you weren't here Go online and listen to it. I think it will bless you. It's so important that we learn that we have to make sure that the spirit of dishonor is not in our lives. It's not in our families because it's very crafty and cunning. And I want, you to, I want you to go listen to that if you didn't. And if you did, listen to it again. How many know you need to just hear the word? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. A lot of good sto- biblical stories and scriptures and, and it will bless you. Today, I want to continue talking about releasing the spirit of evangelism. How many know in John chapter 20, Jesus, being raised from the dead, he got the disciples are in front of him. He said, as the Father sent me, I send you. And it says he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He sent them with power. Now, in the church today, 
Sometimes there's complaints of not having power. One of the reasons is because we stopped sending people. We went from just gatherings to sending to just gatherings. And the Bible says that we are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The leaders in the church are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to reach, restore, raise up, and release. God is, you know, Jesus sent out disciples. He said, freely you've received, now freely give. But many of our assemblies today and our mindsets, our mindsets, notice I don't say churches because one, I'm not a side basher. I'm not into to speaking against men. I'm into since other men and women of God because Lord knows I'm the bride and my bride, why I don't stand and boo her, it's going to tick me off. And sometimes I think we approach with the wrong heart, the way that the things are wrong in the church. The spirit of reformation is a love reformation. And it's love that brings unity in the body. It is not a condescending, speaking against churches. And a lot of people think that's apologetics. That's not apologetics. That's demonic is what it is. Because it divides. And I believe in the church today, we've got to learn this love reformation. But God is gathering so we can be equipped, so that we can be released. And we have to be sent to reach the unreached and to touch the untouched. I'm not talking about just doing an outreach. I'm not talking about, you know, walking someone through Romans Road. How many know what Romans Road is? Come on, raise your hand if you know what Romans Road is. Romans 3, Romans 6, you know, listen, we've got to bring people into an encounter with Jesus. Sometimes formula needs to be thrown out the window because it's an old wineskin when God is trying to give us new wine, but he won't unless we get a new wineskin because the old wineskin will burst and cannot contain what God is wanting to pour out. And and today I want to share with you, Peter was hungry and he was getting ready to pray. And uh, it says he had a vision. He went into a trance. I don't know about you, but when I don't eat, I go into trances too. And I, all I do is think about food. Hallelujah. I want to go to Five Guys after church. Can we do that? Have you ever been to Five Guys? I got distracted. My bad. I only had a protein shake this morning. No banana, no fr- nothing, just protein shakes. I'm a little hungry. Peter's hungry and he's praying and he goes into a trance. Now, the Bible talks about visions and revelations. Paul said, I'll come to many visions, plural, visions. And there's different visions. There's Night visions where God gives you dreams and he shows you things to come and he, he actually warns you. How many have ever had a, a vision? I mean, I've had, I've had dreams where like literally, I, I remember my wife was going to the mall and I, I remembered, I didn't, she didn't plan on this. I remembered I had a dream. My son, David, got hurt at the mall. I said, honey, watch David closely. I had a dream he got hurt at the mall. God brought it to my remembrance. I get a call an hour and a half later. She couldn't even talk. Naomi's calm like, <gasps> David fell and cut his eye open. And God gives us dreams to show us things to come. How many believe that? Thank God he's okay and they stitch his eye up. He's got a little scar so he can say it was a fight, but it wasn't. He tripped and fell. Um, but God gives us visions. So Peter, one of these types of visions, there's inward visions, there's open visions, My wife has had an open vision before. I envy her. She's laying in bed, eight years old, literally with her physical eyes. She's angels all around her bed. God opened her eyes to the spirit realm. How many have ever seen into the spirit realm literally with your physical eye? Raise your hand. 
Yeah, open vision. So Peter has a trance. And in this vision, he sees this thing coming out of heaven like a sheet, like, like a carpet, right, coming down. And on there is like animals. And then God, it comes down and God says, I want you to kill an animal and eat it. And, and Peter's like, no, 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 no. That's not kosher, Lord. I'm paraphrasing. He says, he says, it's not clean. I can't do that. I've never done that before. I, I only eat kosher food, right? Hallelujah. No bacon bits on my salad. And so the Lord basically rebukes him and says, don't call what God has cleansed, you know, uh, unholy. And he says, I've, I've cleansed it. And, and Peter doesn't quite get the vision. It ends, it happens three times. How many know sometimes God's got to reiterate what he's trying to say to us because we're a little stubborn. We, we, amen. Some of us more than others, not going to mention any names. I was just going to say someone's name just to mess with them, but I didn't do that. Like they really might get offended. So three times it happens and Peter has a vision from God and he's not sure what happened. Now during this time, just before this, a man named Cornelius, who is not a believer, we like to distinguish believers and unbelievers, but the Bible says he was God-fearing. He did not know Jesus yet. He, he didn't know the gospel. So technically, he was not born again. I say it like that because we, we always like to distinguish believers and unbelievers and kind of the same way Peter was distinguishing, oh, that's not clean, Lord. And so during this time, Cornelius, this, this uh, Roman captain of the army, he, it says that, uh, that he had a vision or a, uh, an encounter with an angel. An angel shows up and says, hey, Cornelius, your alms, your giving and your prayers has gone before God as a memorial. And he's pleased with it. He hears it. He hears the cry of your heart. And Cornelius is like, what the heck? And, and basically the angel says, you need to go see Peter because he has a message for you. So Cornelius sends three guys. Peter has this vision. Cornelius has this encounter. And it's all for a purpose of reaching people. Visions are always about reaching people. Encounters are always about reaching people. All the time. If it's about you, it might not be an encounter with God. If it brings transformation and fruitfulness in the kingdom, it probably was God. And so during this time, I want to read from you, or read to you Acts chapter 10, verse 28 and 29. Cornelius sends three guys to meet this guy, Peter, that has a word. They show up, and Peter says this in Acts 10, 28, and 29. He said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner to, or visit him. Yet God has shown me, say, God has shown me, that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. Wow, that is so profound to me. He says, God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy unholy or unclean. He realized it wasn't just about animals and eating kosher. It was about people. The way we look at people. Wow. Selah. He says, God's shown me something. I've had a vision. God opened, not, not a vision, but I have vision. I see something. God says, that's why, it says here, that's why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for. So I ask for what reason you have sent for me. Number one, we need vision, not a vision. Vision. Say, I need vision. We've got to be sent in power to reach and reach. We have to have vision. What does that mean? I'm not talking about a mission statement per se, 
that usually is mixed with all of our own agendas. Every church, you know, we have a vision, a mission statement. And usually it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's a lot of our own hidden agendas in there, right? You know, we build our own empire. We, ha- we have motives and stuff, and God's working on us. But what I'm talking about is vision. In other words, vision is eyes to see what God is doing. Peter said, God has shown me. Jesus said this in John 5, 19. He said, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing of himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. So Peter begins to see what God is about to do. There's something about this. Listen, this is probably one of the greatest Christ-like attribute we could pray for. I want your eyes, Lord. What's the vision of your church? It's his vision. We want to see like he sees. I want to see people, instead of looking at unbelievers, oh, he's not saved. or he. No, I want to see people the way God sees them. We need vision. How do we get vision? We spend time and pursue illumination, revelation, and encounters with God. I'm telling you something. In these moments, in first service, we were worshiping, and we were literally like Isaiah 6. We're saying, here am I, God, send me. When you get close enough to Jesus you begin to feel his heart beating, it brands your heart with a passion for the lost because worship in the purest form or evangelism in its purest form is worship. What do you mean? When you're worshiping God, that is the most pure form of evangelism because when you're pointed at God, people that are around you experience him and see that you are a true worshiper. See, the Bible talks about that they will come to the desire of the nations. It's talking about worshipers. It's talking about the tabernacle of David. And, and so we need to be Christ-like and seeing the way he sees. We need to begin to see what God is about to do, like send storm clouds and give us a sign. Many years ago, before we planted the church, we began to see in the Spirit storm clouds coming. We began to pray it, prophesy it. We want to be a, vision, a people of vision. You always, hear, you always quote the verse, we quote, without vision, the people perish. That's not really what it says. It's without prophetic revelation that people perish. There's a difference. Not your mission without prophetic revelation. In other words, what are you, what's the next step, God? I want to know where you're going now. And Peter has a vision. We need vision. We can't just do church ministry and function the way it's been done in the past and think formula is going to get us where God wants us. But in order to change a culture, we've got to do it his way. And sometimes his way is against our tradition and our law. Well, that's not how you lead someone to Christ. I want encounters with God. I want eyes to see. Paul prayed for the church of Ephesus and he said, open God, I'm praying you'd open, he'd open the eyes of your understanding. God would literally illuminate. It's where we get the word photo. Illuminate your eyes. God, illuminate my eyes. Without light, you can't see. I need light. I want light in front of me. Your word is a light into my path. It says here in Isaiah 45, Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, my elect, I have called you by your name. You are called. That word called is kara. The root word of that is encounter. You've been called into an an encounter with God. Are you pursuing an encounter with God? I love hearing these testimonies. Wednesday night, Pastor Alex and Dana did such an awesome job in here with the youth. And 
And we had a young man named Sal from another ministry, another church, give his testimony how God has delivered him from, from methamphetamines and drug and restored his marriage. And, oh, man, the power of that testimony. But I, I was so blessed in thinking about, wow. And I remember, I remember him saying something so profound that one of the guys that men, is mentoring him, he's, he's worshiping the Lord and, and he's struggling. And this is a while ago before. Now he's been clean for a long time. And the guy, he's sitting there worshiping, and the guy that's mentoring him is paralyzed. He's actually paralyzed from the waist down, and he's learning how to walk again, like God's healing his body. Um, he used to not be able to, he used to be where he could literally just, you know, he had like a, the wheelchair where you, you blow in it, and that's how you move around. He couldn't move anything. Now he's moving his limbs, and he can walk a couple steps. So this guy's in a wheelchair, and he looks at Sal, and he says, dude, if you really want to be free, you better cry out to God. If I was you, and I could stand up, I would stand, I would lift my hands, and I'd be crying out to God right now. Listen, if you want an encounter with God, don't sit on your butt during worship. If you want an encounter with God, there's a place for you right here. It says that in Psalm 42, 7, deep calls unto deep. You know what that means? Deep encounters unto deep. Encounter after encounter after encounter after encounter. The Lord gave me something about, uh, about two months ago. One encounter with God will surely change your heart. Have many of them, and it'll change your life forever. Have continual deep encounters with God, and you'll become a world changer and a history maker. We need revelation. I want illuminate. I want vision. I want to see. I want to see with His eyes. I don't just want an agenda. I don't want just a mission. Now, listen, we need to have goals. We have heaven's initiative for our church, right? We're doing what the Father, what we see the Father doing. But I want his eyes. I don't want to just look at people and name them unclean or unholy or she's this or he's that. I want to see people with the eyes of Jesus. And there's a reason for it. I love what Paul says here in, in Philippians 3. He's talking about all the things that he's done. He says, I, I've attained like some of the top social status. He's, been a, he's a Roman citizen, and, and he's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He, according to the law, he's blameless. He's like, I know what it means to do all the right things. He says, but I count all of that as dung. If I gave you the English vernacular, you'd get offended. I count it all as Guess what he said? He said, here's what I want. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Social status doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. I want to know him. I want, we've got to get to the place. If you want vision, then cry out for deeper encounters with God. And out of those encounters come a fuel of evangelism. You'll just reach the unreached. It'll be normal. It'll be a lifestyle. You won't have to pray for a passion for the lost. Why do we even have to teach on evangelism? Because I don't think we know who we say we're telling everybody about. Because if we really are worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, I'm just a nobody trying to tell some, everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Come on, somebody. If we really know him, like Isaiah saw the King, a pre-incarnate Christ. No one has seen God, but he saw Jesus. He saw this exalted King the king of kings, and he said, here am I, send me. We need to cry out for deeper encounters. Be like Paul, Job 36, 26. He says, behold, God is great, and we don't know him. Oh, Jesus is my friend. 
There's an old song by Sunseed, one of the worst, worst Christian songs ever. I'm sorry. We need to get be creative and do what God's called us to do. This song, and it's like Jesus is my friend. It's hilarious. Look it up on YouTube. God bless them. That was when Christians were afraid of rock and roll, and they missed the sound. A whole generation missed a sound in the 60s. Oh, we don't want that in the church. That's unholy. Seriously, 1969. Guess what Woodstock actually, guess where it actually was? It wasn't in Woodstock. It was in a place in New York called Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. It was a counterfeit sound. And the church missed it because it was unholy. That's changing because we're having encounters with God. So Peter knew that this was God. He just knew it was God. God prepared him. It, like Jesus says, I only see, I, I want to see what the Father is doing, and, and that's what I'm going to do. So God prepared him for this, and Peter says, now God, show me. This is against the law, but this is against my tradition, against my beliefs, but God's doing something. And then Cornelius shows up four days later. In Acts chapter 10, verse 30 through 33, Cornelius says, four days ago at this hour I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in shining garments. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, Petros. That's what Jesus named him when Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God in Matthew chapter 16. He says, come to you, Peter, come to you. He is staying at the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I, he told him exactly where he lived. He said, so I sent for you immediately. He didn't wait. He had an encounter with an angel and immediately jumped on it. Many times, we, you know, it's like we encounter God and we'll just, I'll just put that on the shelf. I'll serve God when it's convenient for me. Well, let me wait till my bank account's full. No, you just need to go in faith and obey what God is saying. You have been kind enough to come and now then we are all here present before you. There's a, there's a house full, bunch of people there, bunch of people. He was a very influential man. How many know God loves to get influential people saved? It says here, now we're here, and we want to hear what you got to say. We want to hear this message this angel told me about. Number two, we need to understand how powerful a testimony is. Peter encounters Cornelius, and Cornelius begins to confirm this vision with a testimony. Do you know how powerful your testimony is? Do you have a testimony? You got to go through a test before you get a testimony. Do you have a testimony? Do you know how powerful? Now, without this revelation, this vision, he he probably would have missed it. That's why we have to have vision. God, open our eyes so we don't miss it. This unsaved person comes. Now, now here's what I want you to think about for a moment. I want to dwell on this. Do you realize that this man, this one testimony, if Peter would not have received him, it could have shut down salvation for billions of people. Well, what do you mean? Oh, God would have used someone else. Well, I don't know. But here's what I do know, that Peter had the keys to the kingdom to bind and to loose. What does that mean? In the Hebrew culture, it means to forbid or not forbid. God, the reason God told Peter is not because he was the first pope, is because he was an apostle And Jesus had told him, whatever you forbid and whatever you don't forbid, there was authority given to him, and he had to get this, what God was doing, so he could receive Cornelius as a Gentile man to receive the gospel. All the Old Testament was full of promises 
for the, the, un, the non-Jew to be a believer. You'll get that later. Listen to it again. The power of a testimony. How many know the Bible says in Revelations 10, 19, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Here's what this means. When you give your testimony, you literally release the pureness of who God is because you're saying, if God did this for me, then he can do it for you. Do you know the ripple effect that happens when we begin to give our testimony? We're going to start doing testimony blogs, and I want you to, to begin to write down your testimony, whether it was a physical healing or, or an emotional healing or a marriage restoration. You write it down, and we're going to start filming, and we're going to do, and we're, the reason we're going to do it, we're going to put it on our website, and we're going to start declaring what God has done, declaring the goodness of God, because what happens in the power of that testimony, the Spirit of prophecy is in that testimony. What does that mean? When you testify, there is a prophetic life that breathes into the non-existent. It breathes into the dry bones. How many know the story of Ezekiel 37 about the dry, the, the valley of dry bones? When you give your testimony, you're giving hope to the hopeless. Oh, you guys are not hearing me right now, but that's okay. I, you need to remember how powerful your testimony is. That's why I told Rochelle, and she's praying, just begin to testify of his goodness. Wow, what God can do. Wow, how God has set us free. Wow, how God has healed our bodies. A little baby in the womb yet to come forth that says, I know you even when you were in the womb. And God knew that there was a heart condition, somebody in the room, and we spoke it out. And what happened? God brought healing and wholeness to that child because God, Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But we've got to testify. Revelation 10.19 in the New Living says, the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. It literally, our testimony declares, this is what God's doing. This is what he feels about you. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Your testimony is not always about you. It's about what Jesus has done, is doing, and is going to do. A lot of times we give our testimony, it becomes about us. It's a self-absorbed, you know, I'm cool. And, and, and it, it has to be about the essence of it. It has to be about this is what he did. And if he did this, he can do it for you. Listen, I love this verse, Psalm 118, 17. I will not die. I will live to tell what the Lord has done. Did you hear that? I will not die, but I will live to tell what the Lord has done. You know what that means? I'm going to live to tell everyone how good God is and what he's done for me. One testimony of this man, Cornelius, opened up the door for Billions of non-Jews to be saved. Think about it. Testimonies are always rooted in reaching people and releasing the kingdom. How many know Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word. Thank you for helping me finish that. Let's do it a little bit stronger. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and did not love their lives to the death. What an opportunity. What if he didn't receive him? Imagine what would have happened. What if he didn't receive me? He said, no, you're unclean. No, God prepared him. God gave him a vision and then brought a testimony. We have to understand the power of the testimony. Now, this is so profound. In Acts chapter 10, Peter then begins to tell everyone in the room about all of this and how it all came together. He said, I had a vision and now I realized that he sent me here, and, and you know, God, God's pleased with this man, Cornelius. There, there's something about your heart. God looks and sees that's the one I want. And it says he began to preach in Acts 10.44. 
even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all the non-Jews who heard the message. He didn't give an altar call. He didn't stop and have the piano player come up. Even though I love Paul, I love, you know. He didn't, he didn't you know, every head bowed and every eye closed. Let's go for a word of prayer. You like, how'd I do with my British accent? It's okay, huh? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. He was preaching God's word, and it says the Holy Spirit just hit him. Just bam, fell on him. Fell on him. Just bam, fell on him. Just like that. Wow. Number three, we need a word in our mouth to reach the unreached. You see, it's one thing to say something. It's another to have something to say. A lot of us are just saying stuff. Sometimes I do it too, just saying stuff. We love talking. We don't like listening. Amen. Teach your kids to listen. It'll help them later. Teach them to listen. Be still, listen. A lot of times we're just saying stuff instead of we have something. There's a word, Jeremiah says, I have a word. It's the word of the Lord. It's like a fire shut up in my bones and I cannot hold back. I want that kind of word. I don't want a happy-go-lucky Christian message just to draw the masses. I want to see an army of God raise up to bring signs and wonders to Henderson. You didn't hear me. There's four people that got it. To bring signs and wonders to Henderson. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God, and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And he wants a word in our mouth, a word fitly spoken. He does not want us to preach regurgitated manna. You can't store up manna. We need fresh revelation. Live by the voice of God. What are you saying? What are you doing? I want a confirmation and I want this word in my mouth. I want a living word. A ruah word. Jesus said this, the spirit alone, John 6, 63, the spirit alone gives eternal life. The spirit alone gives eternal life. You know, you know let me stop for a moment and tell you, Paul said the letter kills, the spirit gives life. The letter's the law. We can quote scripture all day long, but without revelation in it, it's not going to bring much life. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, well, you, you can keep, and you might get it and get healed, but when you get a revelation that he was wounded for our transgressions and the whip that went into his back, watch the passion of the Christ again. It's very brutal, but very realistic. And the, the flesh that was torn was for your healing. Do you know that in medical science, there are 40 different classifications of disease and sickness? So every stripe that he received was for one of those. That's a ruah word. Take it. You're healed. We need a ruah word. Jesus said the spirit gives life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Oh, wow. I'm going to apply that to ministry for my own life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. Here's what he said. The very words I speak have spoken to you are spirit. His words are spirit. I want words that are spirit. What I'm saying it, you, you just have to believe it, and God just whoo, gives it to you just like that. A ruah word. Holy Spirit fell. Peter didn't do the, the normal, traditional thing. Get ready for church like that. Get ready for church where the, there'll be no room, and, and we won't be in this building. There, there'll be no room. Expansion, it's, it's coming. Expand, because there's a harvest, but we've got to get the new wineskin of how he wants us to reach them. 
people are not going to be reached with just Romans Road alone. When I say that, I'm not talking about leading someone in the simplicity of the gospel. Don't get me wrong. That's very good. That's good. We can keep using the principles and the truths that God's given us. But I want to bring people into an encounter and a revelation of who he is, an encounter with his love. We're in restaurants sometimes, and I'll be like, let's prophesy to the waitress. What are you saying about her, God? God will begin to give us downloads. Has he done it before? Just breathe life, a word, a ruah word. That's what people need. They don't need regurgitated junk. And sometimes it comes and, God bless you. I'll pray for you. That's okay. It's a little seed. Amen. But I'm talking about more. I love Acts chapter 3 where Peter, oh, some of y'all won't like this. It's okay. Peter's walking to the temple to pray, and there's a, a lame man begging. He's paralyzed. He's, he can't walk, and he's begging for money. And Peter walks up, and he says, I don't have money to give you. All the Christians today would give that guy money. which in essence may help him for a season, but sometimes all we're doing is in empowering a poverty spirit because he has an entitlement spirit. Feels like, well, you're a Christian. You should give to me. That's what you're supposed to do. That's an entitlement spirit. And in order for us to break the poverty spirit, we can't just give him silver and gold. We, he said this. He said, I don't have silver and gold. He said, but what I have, I give to you. And he grabbed him. He said, look at me. He grabbed him and the very life and power of God flowed into this lame man. Can you feel it? And he, and he got up and he was leaping and praising God. It says they were astonished. They were out of their mind. It's where we get the word ecstasy. They were like, listen, you don't need to go to a club. You don't need to go to a rave. You don't need to drop a pill. It says they were out of their mind. It's where we get the word ecstasy because of the resource and the power and the life of God that flowed through him. And that's what happened when Peter was preaching. It just happened a little different. A ruah word. Preaching the word of God. The spirit just falls on them. It says the, non, the believers that were Jewish, the non-Gentile, they were astonished. I want to start astonishing all the church people. How in the world did you get that guy in church? He, he's a drug dealer. Call the cops. No, no, he's worshiping. He's lifting his hands. He's saved now. He's healed and delivered. Hallelujah. Out of the box ministry because of a vision, a testimony, and a word in our mouth. Are you ready, church, to rise up and take Henderson? Are you ready to rise up and run with the vision? Are you ready to rise up and say, yes, here am I, send me. I'm tired of the happy-go-lucky junk. I'm tired of yesterday's manna. I want fresh manna and fresh revelation for a generation. I'm going to tell you something. If Peter would not have received this man in his testimony, billions of people could have missed out on the gospel. One testimony. You tell me your testimony ain't. Talk about, well, you could be the next Billy Graham or someone you lead to the Lord could be the next Billy Graham. Cornelius was way greater than the next Billy Graham. Your testimony, one testimony can affect millions. 
That's the power of the testimony. Testifying I live to tell the goodness of God. What do these things have in common? The vision was not about him. The testimony was not about him. And the word he preached was not about him. The old wineskin of the way we reach people is not effective anymore. Not just a handout, but a hand up. I might not have silver or gold, and I may. As a church, we take care of the widows and the orphans, but we don't just give money to every person. We need to give them the substance of Jesus. We must see what God is doing so that we can release his king. I want to see what the Father's doing. I only do, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. That's my vision. It's out of yesterday's has been of what we did, out of that box. We need to move into what he's doing and about to do. Lift your hands and let's pray. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Breathe on you right now. I speak hope to the hopeless. If you're in this place, you say, I'm just, I, 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 just, I just want Jesus. I want to just say yes. I, I want to just say yes. I want to say yes. You're hurting. You're broken. Your sin has weighed you down. If you believe, you trust in him, you give him your life. You turn to him, turn away from everything else. He will wash your sins away. And maybe, maybe you're the next Cornelius. Maybe you, you always felt like there's something. I'm created to do something. There's a purpose. There's something. In, I'm telling you, it's the call of God on your life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everybody that says, you know what? I was created to bring life to a generation. There are many in here that will go to other nations. Oh, I cannot wait to go overseas on a mission trip again. I saw so many people healed, saved, delivered. It was amazing. Those of you that have been know what I'm talking about. It's a different world. It's literally, it's a different world. They love God. They're desperate. They're hungry. They're not spiritually obese, sitting in the pews. They're hungry. They actually value his word. They could have one page of Luke, and it's much more than our dusty Bible sitting on the toilet. Lord, we want to say yes, here am I, send me. Are you ready to reach the lost saints? If you're in this place, I want to ask you if you want to just, you want to know Jesus more than you ever have before. You're, you're one of the, you know, I've been sitting too long. I want to stand up and cry out to God. I want you to raise your hand up and say, that's me. I want you to pray for me. Just raise your hand up right now. Yeah, just begin to cry out to God. Say, Jesus, just cleanse me. Cry out in your own way. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. Just cry out. Confess your sins right now. Say, I'm sorry, God, for doing this. I'm sorry. Out loud, honest from your own heart. And he will just wash you clean. So, Lord, I thank you that you're empowering your church right now with the fire of evangelism. Rochelle, fire on you now. Wow. You feel that? Just receive it. More. Lori, where's Lori at? Is she in the back? Lift your hands right now. 
you are an evangelist woman of God. It will not be as it was, but there is a fresh fire coming in you. So, Lord, right now we release it. Say fire on the count of three. One, two, three. Fire. Look at that. Almost couldn't stand up. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want fire in your life, lift your hands. Say, I receive it, God. We want you. Turn the keyboard up. We want you. We want you. We want you. We love you, God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Yeah, God. Amen. Amen. If you can, you may be seated, but you don't have to. I want to bless you. I want to share my heart with you really quick before I let you go. And then we can break up in fellowship. You've heard us mentioning about a new facility, and we love this facility. We're not sure if, if we find a new facility, if we're going to, because we'd like to have one service where everyone's all together in a bigger room. I mean, would, wouldn't that be nice, you know? Just the whole family, you know, and, and just all together, because you have some that come to 9 and some to 11, and, and so we're looking and we're waiting on the Lord. We've received some prophetic confirmations about that. And, uh, and I want you all to be praying with us as a church family for his will to be done. And I want you to pray about, about your giving too. If God speaks to your heart and says, you know, I want to just put this toward what, where God is taking us. I'm believing God for something so supernatural. It, it, it's, the building is a tool. We're the church. The building is a tool. We don't throw out the tools. Tools are necessary. It's very important. We have a place to gather. But I want you to pray with me about what God is doing in reference to this expansion that's going to take place. It's beginning now. In the summer months, wouldn't it be like God that in the months where attendance goes low, God just busts out. Just, I'm hungry. I want to see people run to the altar, desperate for him. Just like Pastor Alex about six years ago, didn't know why he was crying. Ran to the altar, and now he's youth pastoring, him and his wife. Sometimes they have over 40 children in here, 40 kids on a Wednesday night. Testimony. I want to get the Corneliuses. I want to, I want to go out, and I'm not talking about just a handout. I'm not talking about just silver and gold. I want to give them what I have. I give to you. If we don't have it, we can't give it. So let's get it. I'm hungry for more. Are you with me? Are you hungry for more? I want to implore you. I don't want to do the traditional thing. Sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes people manipulate people to give, and I I don't want to do that, but I want to ask you to pray. I want to ask you to ask the Lord if you want to give, and I'm not going to take an offering right now. If you want to give, you can you can see the ushers and you know, write building fund, get an offering envelope, but start praying about that with us. Start praying for that provision because here's why the tool of the building that God wants to put us in for a time, what can hold, is so that we can 
equip the saints for the work of the ministry. If we're not making disciples, we're not doing what God has called us to do. Hello? And so we love, we love, we love what God is doing and we're excited. So will you pray with me with that? Is that okay? Amen. 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 God is about some good, good stuff right now. I'm so honored to be a part of it. I'm so honored to be a part of it. Rochelle, would you come? Would you close? Ladies and gentlemen, I just honor this woman right here so much. You have no idea how much I love this woman right here. You know, we were sharing with a couple, married couples received this. We're sharing with someone, and the Lord dropped a revelation in me. He said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and has obtained favor from the Lord. God was sharing with me in my spirit when we're sitting here that if you want more favor, then you have to honor what I've given you. He says, we have obtained favor. Husbands, how many just say hallelujah for favor? God will never give us more favor unless we honor the favor he's given us. And I believe if I dishonor my wife, that I block favor from being increased in me as a man of God. And I was just thinking about that. I'm like, wow, you're favored to me. I'm favored because of you. So I just bless you and I love you so much. There's going to be so much restoration in women's lives. I'm t- I, I, I believe we have the most anointed woman of God right here in this house. Wow. When you speak as the utterance of God, it's a ruah word. His presence is just, when you just talk, it's just Jesus. When you show up, Holy Spirit comes with you. So I love and I bless you. Would you just close in prayer now that you're crying? <laughs> and just bless these people and anything the Lord put on your heart. Love you, honey. Love you. Well, we have the most awesome pastor and ever man of God. And he lives everything he says. And I can testify to that. And so can my children. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be like that in this place where everywhere I go, the love of God comes out. And somebody says to me, what do you have? Because I need it. That's the kind of person I, I want to be. Um, there's a man of God named Smith Wigglesworth, and, and everywhere he went, people encountered God. He just went there. He didn't say anything or do anything. But I want to be like that. So I receive your word this morning, Lord. I receive every word that was spoken. And I make a choice to live from every encounter I have with you, God. To desire more from you, Lord. To search you with all my heart every moment of every day so that I live in a place where I'm completely and always available to you, Jesus. To you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Bless everybody. 
meet some new people and um, hang out for a little while. Because God is good and his presence is in here. Amen. Thank you. 